You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Happy New Year. This is great. Yes, terrific. Okay, we've got the uh, the, the the good setup here. It's working. Got, yeah, this is. It sounds like you upgraded your uh, your 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 tech. A uh, little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Yeah. So, so it's a, Santa got you a new uh, microphone, I guess. Uh, something like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so New, yes. new, new season, new season, new season, season two, episode one, and uh, a uh, new format, which we'll get into. And uh, but still the same, the same old Michigas and malarkey that you've uh, grown to know and love. Uh, right. I, I, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> we, we haven't changed much over the holiday. But anyway, um, is there anything we want to recap uh, from the last couple of weeks when we were "quote unquote" off the air? Um, no, nah, I can't really think of anything. I don't mm. know. There was so much crazy stuff in the news, and uh, what but, happened? But today was uh, to just today alone was crazy in the news. What so, happened? Uh, uh, well, let me see. That well, of course, the pandemic is still happening. And, oh, well, uh, that's a special segment now. We call it absolutely the last pandemic update. Right. So everything sort of folds into that, I suppose. So, uh, you know, I don't know what, what happened in the last few weeks. It would be interesting. Well, Nothing last really. few weeks you had, uh, well, you, depending how far back you got the Omicron surge, you got um, the, uh, uh, what, uh what I, oh you had the scuffle with uh, Fauci and the uh, the senators. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, that was weird. Yeah, what was it? What was that? I saw he was uh, kind of uh, what do you call it? Uh, battling with uh, Rand Paul, or yeah, right. Well, Ra- yeah, Rand Paul always does this stunt where he accuses Fauci of um, some kind of massive cover up of, of what I'm not really sure. I mean, it, it all gets back to the theory that COVID is some kind of secret germ weapon and somehow Fauci knew about it or was involved with it or something. Mm. And, uh, you know, it, it relates, I think it all relates to the lab leak theory. Somebody said, if you listen to Rand Paul, when he's peppering Fauci with all these accusations, you wouldn't understand any of it unless you really watch like Fox news and Newsmax, And mm. it, it's sort of like it, it, people have compared it to like the Marvel movies, you know, like if, <laughs> like if I were to turn on one of those Marvel movies, I, I wouldn't have any idea what the hell is going on, but, <laughs> but you know, like the, the people who were really into them know the whole cast and, mm. you know, there's a whole pantheon the of superheroes. Yeah. Right. So Rand Paul has his whole like pantheon of conspiracies that he uh, hurls at Fauci. And what, what Fauci did that was smart this time was he uh, he brought a printout of a page from Rand Paul's website that shows that Rand Paul's making a lot of money off of all this. And, and uh, you know, people contribute to his campaign. And uh, 
when he, you know, when Fauci held that up at the hearing, then Rand Paul went berserk and tried to talk over him and not let him talk. And it, mm. you know, it was just crazy. Then, uh, then there was that Senator from Kansas, Marshall, who is also like Rand Paul, a doctor, um, for some reason that, that like there's these doctors that would rather be senators. So you kind of wonder like, you know, what kind of doctor were they? But uh, <laughs> anyway, he, he started haranguing Fauci, but it was about Fauci's finances. And uh, he was claiming that uh, like Fauci is on the take somehow and he won't release his financial disclosure statements. And Fauci was saying, well, you know, they've been public record for 35 years. Mm. And the guy was claiming they weren't. So, you know, mm. so, but see, that's a case where there you have a United States senator who doesn't just appear on Fox News. He, he watches Fox News and he believes it. Mm -hmm. So this idea that Fauci is somehow sitting on a... Uh, secret pile of money from the Chinese or something. Mm. It, th th this idiot, is, I mean, he's a senator, but he's an idiot and he actually believes it. So, uh, you know, when Fauci, Fauci was saying... Yeah, Fauci said something, uh, like when uh, it was like uh, he caught on the microphone, a hot mic, he was uh, bad. Yeah, yeah, he said, what a moron. Mm. Which, uh, you know, Fauci's from Brooklyn, he's right. He is a <laughs> moron. You know. So, All right, uh, well, what are you going to so do? That, yeah, so that was yesterday. And then uh, today, uh, I don't know, I heard Biden for a few minutes. He was uh, saying they're going to be sending out more tests and they're going to send out masks to people and everything. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, but the, I, but the I people ordered who... some masks. They're yeah. supposed to arrive tomorrow, some N95. Mm -hmm. I finally broke down and ordered some N95 masks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I've been waiting for them for two weeks. So, oh. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Mm. So, uh, but I, I, when I ordered them, I thought ah, I might as well just order them. Uh, you know, even if it takes two weeks, so you know, I'll be glad to get them anyway. If yes. I have to go anywhere where there's a crowd or something, at least I'll have them. So exactly, uh, you know. So, so, but the you know the 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 fact, the sad fact is that uh, the folks who are going to wear these things and get vaxxed and uh, distanced and all the rest of that, they're already doing that. And apparently, the ones that aren't doing all that, there's no convincing them. You know, so uh, right. I think you know we just let it play out, and uh, I feel like you know some people just have to learn things the hard way. Yeah, I mean. Uh... You know, I was in a grocery store the other day in Florida and uh, hardly anyone had masks on. The employees did and I did and a few people, a few other people did. But uh, half the store at least didn't have masks on. They just don't mm. care. You know, yeah. they, they, they really they either think it's a hoax or somehow, you know, like wearing the mask is means you're under control or something. Or yes, just, you know, you you're know. a sheep, you're a sheep. Right, right. You don't have your freedom, you know. I posted, you... you know, on on Twitter. Uh, I guess it was from the White House that something like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the boosters, you know, give you whatever seven times more protection or whatever it is. I I uh, copied underneath that. Uh, and when are the second boosters coming? And then all of a sudden, I got like all these trolls on me. It's kind of like, um, you know, uh, ticks or. Uh, leeches they they suddenly cover your entire body right and, right the box and they were they were um 
you know, uh, putting pictures up of, you know, lambs, sheep, uh, uh, you know, goofy memes. Um, and all I did was I pasted over the, the latest news report, Reuters or whoever it was, talking about how Israel has already uh, started testing, you know, the second booster, which would be the fourth shot. And uh, talking about how, you know, they, it looks promising and they're going to roll it all out. So uh, whatever happens over there, apparently it uh, trails here by a couple months. So get ready. Yeah, see, that's when I uh, I mean, it's almost two years ago now. I would go for a walk every morning and I'd listen to the uh, the global news podcast from the BBC. So I it was when I look back on it now, it was really strange. I was like living the pandemic like two or three weeks before it actually came to me. Wow. You know what I mean? Like I, like what I was hearing from the BBC was all the news, news from, from the future. Yeah. Yeah. It really was like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I realized, wow, this is going to be a big deal. And then I, you know, I would mention it to people here and they would be like, nah, what are you talking nah, about? That's not going <laughs> to happen. Nah, that's never going to happen. All right. Well, that's absolutely the last pandemic update until the next one. Right. So um, next we have a segment called uh, what I like to call Insurrection Week. Yeah. Yeah. It's a so big week for the ins- big, big week for the insurrection. It was a big, big day for insurrection news, actually. Yeah. They, uh, the Justice Department uh, today indicted Stuart Rhodes the head of the Oath Keepers. Are you familiar with that dude? The guy with well, the eye the patch? Guy, yeah, the guy with the patch, right. And I heard, didn't he like go to law school or something? Yeah, he went to Yale Law School. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, I guess he just went around the bend. Mm. And, uh, you know, whatever whatever led to that. It, it's like there was an arch villain on Batman, um, King Tut, who was brilliantly... Oh, Right. He was brilliantly played by Victor Buono. And he was a professor of Egyptology (laughs) who had been hit hit in the head. I think like a museum display hit him in the head or something. (laughs) And I mean, that was, you know, his backstory is that he had been struck in the head and the blow to his skull made him an arch villain. You know, right. like he, he became criminally insane. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's what happened was... to all these people on January 6th. Right. And I, you know, when I was looking at the, the Stuart Rhodes, I saw a picture of his mug shot before, you know, and he, he has an eye patch because he shot, he shot out his own eye. Oh my God. In some kind of a gun accident. Oof. And uh, he looks, you know, he, he's like scowling into the camera. Like he's got his arch villain face on. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, this guy went to Yale Law School, just like, you know, the Clintons or, you know, whoever else, all these people. And uh, it's kind of amazing. Like he he, he's just gone completely insane. But uh, Kavanaugh, right. He went to Yale. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, I forget who else. Clarence Thomas. Oh, a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Half of them. Yeah. But I I was looking at the. the justice department released the indictment and I was looking through it and it's, it's pretty interesting. They, um, they have a bunch of communications that this guy Rhodes was sending out saying that they were going to go to Washington and stop Biden from being inaugurated. Mm. And, uh, 
And then, of course, they actually went and, you know, wound up in the Capitol. Now, Rhodes stayed outside the Capitol, but some of his goons went in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the indictment actually answers a question. Like, there's, there's a... Um, I've been wondering about this. There's this footage of the Oath Keepers going up the east front of the Capitol in right. a uh, in a line right. wearing their helmets and everything. Right. And then they got into the rotunda and they didn't really seem to do anything once they got into the building. They never actually made it to the Senate chamber. Mm. And it, in the indictment here, it says that the uh, it says half of stack one, stack one are the, the guys who were yeah. you know, going up in the, the formation. Stack. Right. Right. They tried to push their way through a line of law enforcement officers guarding a hallway that led to the Senate chamber. Law enforcement officers forcibly repelled their advance. Hmm. And then the other half of the stack uh, says they headed toward the House of Representatives in search of the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. They did not find Speaker Pelosi and ultimately left the building. Hmm. Because I was wondering why they... um, they fought their way into what's essentially the front sure. door of the Capitol, and then they yeah. never really got anywhere. But that's mm. why they, they were thwarted once they got into the rotunda. Mm. Well, listen, uh, 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 I think, you know, we're learning that the plan was just to basically uh, uh, bu- uh, move Pence, you know, out of the way because they figured that if Pence wasn't there, which who was the senator that Grassley, who was quoted as saying, we don't expect uh, Pence to appear today or something. Yeah, that's never really been explained. Yeah. So the idea being that if, uh, you know, if, if, the, if Pence had to be evacuated and we read about how the Secret Service was trying to move him around and get him into a car. Um, and I'd love to I'd love to hear about, you know, how he came to the conclusion not to get in the car. But um, let's just say for argument's sake that they put him in the car and drove away and the vice president wasn't there. OK, um, wh- what what happens if the vice president isn't present? I guess Grassley was sort of assuming that he himself as the president pro tem or something of the uh, of the of the Senate would then be in charge in place of the vice president. Right. And then I then I suppose he would do what what you know, they had wanted and said, yes. oh, we're not going to accept any of these ballots or exactly. the, uh, the certifications, right? So the story continues, but that's a great uh, Insurrection Week uh, summary of what we've got there. Uh, next segment we've got here is, uh, well, normally it would be like uh, media review or media critique. But when you and I were talking about this, I said, well, who's the media? So that's the uh, that's that's the name of the segment. Who is the media? Uh, so so what's your take on that this week? Who's the media? Well, we we were. Uh, yeah, we were trying to ascertain that you you were suggesting it might be Joe Rogan. And well, I, I, yeah, I, just I, I saw these charts where, uh, you know, in terms of uh, audience and, and probably uh, influence, he is by far uh, the most uh, influential media person. It's not the necessarily the New York Times, the Washington Post, or any of these magazines or outlets or you know AP or Reuters. Basically, Joe Rogan now. Uh, and then if you put Fox News next to it and all the other uh, right wing outlets, I mean, you know, just in terms of volume, they are really the media, aren't they? Uh- 
Yeah, I was thinking about this. You know, Joe Rogan is the new Larry King. Ah. Remember, like, people would have to go on Larry King. Yes. Like, like today, General McMaster was on Joe Rogan. Oh, God. No, seriously. Seriously. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I watched a few minutes of it about an hour ago, and uh, McMaster is sitting there, and, like, at one point, uh, I was looking at the video of it on YouTube, there's like this big cloud of smoke all of a sudden wafts by McMaster. <laughs> so, so I guess Joe Rogan was like smoking a joint, talking to him or something. No, I mean, there's this big no, cigar probably. No, nah, I don't know. There was this big cloud of smoke. It was hilarious. But yeah, um, yeah McMaster was the fog uh, of war, maybe. Yeah, know. right. But the uh, the thing is, remember for years, if if somebody had something that they had to say, they had to go on Larry King. Yes, and um, remember, well, it was the whole Perot campaign was basically like a Larry King show. That's right, offshoot. And then, uh, then when Clinton and Gore were in, remember they had a debate where Perot debated Al Gore live on Larry King. Ah, uh, yes, about me. I think it was about NAFTA, and uh, but for years, like if if you were in a scandal or something, and you had to explain yourself you would have to go on Larry King and uh, sure. But it, this was all before the internet, right? Pretty well, much. yeah. I mean, the internet was kind of around, but not, you know, you couldn't do much on it except right. so you know, before social textual. media. Right. Much. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so that was like the uh, you know, the one, the one program that everybody watched, I guess, you know, it was uh, analogous to what the Sunday morning news shows were, or, you know, used to had been. Right, uh, where everybody tuned in and f- meet the and, press and face the nation. And and the reason it struck me is I remember Larry King always talked about how when he interviewed people, he wouldn't do any preparation. He would do no research at all. And people <laughs> said, well, that's just because he's lazy. Or but, old. Or old. But um, Larry said he wanted to interview people and talk to them like he was just another guy, uh-huh. you know, like he was just a guy from on the Brooklyn. next bar stool. Right. Exactly. And, um, it, you know, so he would do these interviews and people could pretty much tell him whatever they wanted to, to, to tell him sure. and, you know, get away with it. Um, it was sort of like, you remember Charlie Rose had that show. It was the oh, same yeah. way where, uh, like he always Charlie... looked to me like he was sleepwalking, you know, he was, yeah, he oh. was uh, he, pretty much narcolepsy. But, but I, I remember watching Charlie Rose, and if he had somebody on I was interested in, and they knew what they were doing, they would just like direct the interview themselves. Ah. But what there was balls. right, there was one episode of Charlie Rose where he had on Mariah Carey, <laughs> and Mariah Carey had like nothing to say, right, and it was like it was fascinating because it was like so awful and, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I, so bad this, it was good. I, you know, what I think happened is I think that the record company probably said you can, you can get Springsteen, but first you have to interview Mariah ah, Carey. There, there, there had to be something like that because she really had nothing to say. Well, doesn't she have an interesting story where she, you know, married her producer or something? I mean, yeah, but she wasn't going to talk about that, oh, you know. Well, so I mean, she was. I, talk- I figure maybe you know they they could have drawn it out of her. 
yeah yeah but but yeah that that was um that was always my favorite charlie rose episode but but joe rogan <laughs> i think is in in that mold where if people know what they're doing and they go on his show they can pretty much tell him anything and he just you know says how cool it is or something all right um, so joe rogan is the media according but to you you know, you have never you've never watched joe rogan never never not a, never not a, not to a single moment of it in fact uh ever since uh the inauguration i've really cut back on all of my uh cable right. and other and other what you know news watching i mean uh as far as i know and i could be wrong i'm not an attorney and i don't play one on tv but uh uh you know biden is the president for the next three years unless he gets impeached and convicted or unless he uh, steps down for some other reason uh so i don't know you know what all the commotion is about here he's the president so right I've right we backed do something else yeah I, we I could was... do something else I was trying to remember, see, I used to listen to Joe Rogan years ago, like in 2012 or something. And I, I stopped because he was always like talking about stand up comedy, like you, like it was some great art form and he was Leonardo or something. I mean, it was just like the weirdest thing. And, uh, and I, w I remember the, the last episode of his podcast I listened to, he had on Molly Crabapple. Are you familiar with her, the no. artist Molly Crabapple? No, she's no. like a she, she's a brilliant artist and and very political, and uh, like very left wing political. Hmm. But uh, she was going to be on there, and I thought, oh well, this will be interesting. I'll listen to Joe Rogan again because I like Molly Crabapple. She's you know an interesting person, and I remember listening to that, and she could was just like telling Joe Rogan whatever, and he was agreeing with it all. And I, I had the impression he was like really trying to hit on her, but I, mm. I was thinking about that today and I thought, well, when the hell would that have been? It must've been a while ago. And I, um, I looked it up. It was in 2014. Mm. So, so that's the last time I actually, uh, in, until an hour ago when I saw the clip of General McMaster, that's the, uh, hmm. the last time I paid right. attention to Joe So Rogan. I guess, I guess we're so he's unplugged. the media. Yeah. He's the media, but we're unplugged. Yeah, that's uh, it. We'll ask uh, on our next episode. We'll ask again. Who is the me? Who's the media? Because you know everybody talks about the media, but who who is the media? Well, All right. Well, one thing you said. I mean, by not being plugged in to the media, we have time to do other things. And one thing I had time to do was to come up with. The, I wanted to gamify this podcast. So for okay. a full two days, I racked my brain and tried to come up with how can we introduce a game here okay so uh, i did some deep 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 research and in fact in 1992 before there was a world wide web there was an actual game called internet hunt it was founded by uh rick gates not the guy from the uh you know the manafort gates rick gates but another another guy and uh he was an internet pioneer, and essentially, he wanted to people to learn how to use the uh, the the pre-web uh, internet to uh, find information. And so, he would uh, come up with a quiz and have questions, and then you had to uh, find the answer and also show how you had found it by using the early tools of the internet. So, right. I got I got in touch with him. Okay. Uh, he, he's 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 about our age so you know in uh, 92 i mean that's 30 years ago um you know he was uh, i guess a fairly young man and uh 
nevertheless an internet pioneer. And and I said to him, has anybody, uh, you know, basically updated Internet Hunt? And he said, not as far as he knows, but there are, in fact, uh, various, you know, Internet quizzes. And even I discovered a podcast quiz. Uh, so, you know, other people have had this idea. So I needed to come up with uh, some kind of a, uh, you know, an original uh, game for our uh, podcast. So the pod- our podcast is Michigas and Malarkey. And so the name of the game is Michigas or Malarkey. So okay. I'm going to read a story here, a short, very short little, uh, you know, story off uh uh, off a sheet that I have, and you're going to tell me whether you think it's Michigas, which means that it's crazy, but it's true, or it's malarkey, which means that it's uh, BS made up. So okay. uh, here you go. Get ready. And I think I'm even going to put some you know, special music on for this segment, you know, like uh, uh, bells ringing or what have you. But here we go with the story. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, the uh, invite list included... Anesthesia, Daryl Litt, and Connie Sewer. But they were all no-shows. Those who actually attended the Chicago area dinner of the International Save the Pun Foundation were treated to some of the worst wordplay on earth. They heard about the dermatologist who built his practice, you guessed it, from scratch, and the buck teeth one woman got when she visited a dollar a visit dentist. Get it? The buck teeth. I do get it. All right. The guests feasted on honeymoon salad, which was lettuce alone, and a special dessert called Putting You On. Now, the guest speaker, all right, you're following. The guest speaker was Chicago attorney Harvey Gordon, author of the book Punishment, The Art of Punning, or How to Lose Friends and Antagonize People. He has also written Grime and Punishment, a slightly off-color tome. All right, Gordon says... It's only sold 75,000 copies so far, but it has grossed millions. Okay. Okay. So that's the story. All right. So is that Michigas or Malarkey? What do you say? Jeez. um, I, I, there's a lot of detail in there. So you either, you either found the story and it's Michigas or you spent all night last night coming up with it. Hmm. Uh, I I will say it's uh, it's Michigas. Okay, so you are correct, and let's you know we'll we'll have bells ringing here uh, because you you got it right. It's Michigas, crazy but true. Right. So we'll have a story like this uh, every week, and also we encourage the listeners to use the voice commenting tool on the Spotify homepage and record a story for us that is either Michigas or Malarkey and, you know, include your name. We don't necessarily need to put uh, your full name on. We can, you know, call you by your first name, last initial. 
but you should tell us what your full name is and where you're uh, calling from or recording from, listening from. And if we like the story, we'll put it up in a future episode. How's about that? That's a game. It's a game. Maybe we'll hear from the first butcher to receive a knighthood. <laughs> Sirloin. <laughs> Ouch. All right. But it, but these stories don't have to be full of puns. Let's let's be clear about that. It could be any story, a wacky story, a wild story, an outrageous story, uh, and it can be either found or made up. And so uh, we've now successfully, uh, you know, whether whether you laughed at all, we we nevertheless successfully gamified a podcast. Yes, so yes, we have I'm a game and a podcast. Very, I'm and, feeling very good about that. All right, let's if, move if on. If you want to leave a voice message and punish us with puns. Ooh, that hurts. You that can hurts. do it. All right. All right, very good. So um, the uh, next and uh, probably the final segment here, and you know, we put a lot of thought in all of these segments, it's called Hit List or Bleep List. So uh, this, we're supposed to be recommending something, a book, a movie, a TV show, a site, or we can be steering people away from it. So why don't you uh, give us your recommendations? Okay. My, well, my recommendation is I, I, w- I was thinking about how the January 6th committee may start to have televised hearings, uh, supposedly in February. And that made me think of the Watergate hearings. There's a great website uh, that's a combination. Well, it was a collaboration between the Library of Congress and public broadcasting. And they have a complete video archive of the 1973 Watergate hearings. Hmm. So what what you have to do, well, um, there's a direct link, which is a little complicated, but we'll put that out on our Twitter feed. But good. If you go to AmericanArchive.org, um, AmericanArchive.org uh, is the main site, and it it's really an amazing site. In fact, they, well, they have the Watergate archive, but they have all kinds of other things that were on public broadcasting, old episodes of a, Gron- a Gronsky and Company. Oh, and I was just listening to the theme song from that because I had it on my answering machine for years. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, you, I, I was watching a, an episode of uh, Martin Agronsky. Uh, <laughs> he, he had on, um, remember Paul O'Dwyer? He was the sure. president of the city Shock council. of white hair. Right, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I, I was kind of stunned to see him after all these years because he, he was a, uh, he had a shock of white hair and he was a shocking person. So, uh, oh. yeah, he, he was on with Martin Agronsky. But uh, anyway, yeah, we'll put the link out for that. That My recommendation would be for people to go. Uh, what, what I didn't realize, well, I mean, I lived through it, but I didn't remember this clearly. There were actually 15 weeks of hearings in 1973, and they went from the spring into the fall. And we all remember like John Dean because, you know, the clips of John Dean testifying have been around for years, but there was a... Uh, a huge amount of material that they went over. And, uh, you know, I, I think people have gotten away from the idea that congressional hearings can be useful because mm. they've always turned into a circus in, mm. in recent years. You know, you get somebody like Jim Jordan screaming oh, yeah. in 
pounding the table and carrying on. So mm. I think they're afraid to televise hearings because they're always so embarrassing. But well, uh, I think we're, get, we're scheduled to get some, uh, you know, Jan six committee hearings. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, that's soon. what that's what had me thinking about it. So before that, you can bone up on the Watergate hearings and then uh, then we can. Uh, All right. Very good. See. Who did it better? Sam Irvin oh. or Liz or Liz Cheney? Yeah, I could just see the TikTok duets, you know, that the. <laughs> Come from that, and we're going to put the link on. You mentioned our Twitter uh, page or, or feed, which is Mishmal Podcast. That's that's the uh, that's the handle for the uh, for the Twitter. Right. So now we're going to move on finally to just a little bit of a teaser for um, next week's show. Right. We've decided we're going to be having guests on these uh, episodes. I guess we'll see if we can manage to have a guest every episode or uh, just as, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it? Occasional special guests joining us. And uh, next week is going to be uh, Susan. And we've mentioned her before on the program. Uh, we worked with her at New York Magazine. She's coming on. She says she wants to talk about things that annoy me. Okay. Well, that's, um, I, I suppose that's a subject that she could cover. Yeah. 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 And so we're, we're going to give her a free reign, as it were. And uh, she's a, a very uh, smart, funny lady. And uh, it should be. It should be entertaining. So, uh, which which one of us will be the first to annoy her? I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. But, okay. You know, we'll just in, I'll just introduce her, and that's it. And you we'll can you, you her... can question her if you want. Yeah, maybe I'll do a little interview just to find out the depth of her annoyances. Okay. Don't step <laughs> on any landmines. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Okay. Take care. <laughs>